0: Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. For more information about Abbott Loop, visit abbottloop.org. Enjoy this message from Reed Anderson. How are you known on social media and is that who you truly are? Such a good question. You know, I'm a youth pastor, and so it's a big question in youth ministry, but even beyond that and all of us, how are we known out on social media, and is that who we truly are? Let's look a little bit different. How are you known by your friends? Is that who you truly are? How are you known by your coworkers? Is that who you truly are? Even how are you known by your family, and is that who you truly are? We started last week in this series on connect, and Josh, Pastor Josh gave a great message on our need for connection. We are actually made with limitations, right? Not many of us get excited about that one, right? We're made with limitations, and we're made with needs. And a lot of us try to suppress our needs and our limitations and think we can get them all fulfilled on our own. But we're actually made for connection. We're made for each other. We're made for the people around us, the people in this room. You're actually made for them, and they're made for you. And when we don't have connection, we are actually longing for connection. We're, we're longing to be known by people. We're longing for somebody to understand us and to see us and truly know who we are, right? And if we don't get that longing fulfilled, will we search in other ways or we mask it by doing other things or just building our success story instead, but we are actually always going to be missing that hole in our heart that needs to be met by other people. We're made to be known. And that's the title of my message today is Fully Known. You are made to be fully known by God. God fully knows you already, right? But he wants full relationship with you, and he wants to know even the dreams in your heart and the successes and the sob stories. He wants to know your fears. He wants to know everything about you. But we're also made to be known by each other as well, right? When God created Adam, Pastor Josh talked about this last week. When he created Adam, he saw Adam, and it was just Adam and God, his relationship with God. But God still said, this isn't enough. It's not good for you to be alone. He gave him Eve, right? And this is our life is that we're made to connect together, not just connect on a surface level. It's easy for us to connect on a surface level. It's easy to type something up on social media, on Facebook, take a nice smiling family picture. But is that who you really are? Is that really what's going on in your life? Or is there so much more that we haven't really allowed other people to access in our life? So we're going to be talking about this man named Zacchaeus today. I love Zacchaeus. It's a quick little story, and we're going to read it together. So let's go to Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Anybody have that problem? Too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree and, beside the side of the road, for Jesus was going to pass by. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, come down quick. I must be a guest in your home today. How many of you would be prepared if Jesus wanted to enter your house today? How many of you would be like, wait, give me an hour, let me clean my house up. But I want to be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down the tree and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. Weren't they always? The people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth To the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. What a powerful story this is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you love us so dearly and so intimately. God, we thank you for Jesus and that you sent your son to live on earth for us and to die for us so that we can live with you in eternity. God, we thank you that you've made us with relationship in mind. God, you've made us to be known by you and known by other people. God, I pray that your word would settle in our hearts today. God, as we read your word, as we uncover what you're trying to speak to us, help us to have ears to hear today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we get introduced by this character named Zacchaeus. Now, not only does he have a cool little name, but there's a lot about him in just this small little passage that we have. Now, we don't have the whole backstory; We don't have every detail about Zacchaeus. It's kind of a surface level, so there's some interpretation for us to kind of decide in here. But a couple things that we do know for sure about him is that he was a tax collector, and he was the chief tax collector. We also know he was very wealthy, and we know he was short got to be some significance to that, right? And we also know that he was hated by most people. He was a Jewish man, and he was looking for Jesus one day. And he went out of his way to see him. He climbs up a tree to see him. And we also know this is one of the last recorded people that Jesus met with before his, his crucifixion. So, right, so there's probably some significance in that as well, that Jesus is trying to make a point in this story. He's trying to say something significant out of the box, like he always did, to shock the crowd around him. And so he goes and he meets with a notorious sinner at his house. That was a pretty big deal in that day. But when we look at Zacchaeus, on the outside, it looked like he had it all figured out. He was rich. He had all that he needed. He didn't have any illness that he was coming to get healing from. He didn't need a financial blessing. He wasn't coming for the food that day. He was coming for other reasons. But on the outside, it looked like he had it figured out, right? Finances, he was set. He had the latest and newest sandals that you could buy. He had the fancy new robe. He had the fastest, nicest camels on the block that anybody could buy. He had sheep to hang out with. He had his oxen. He had everything that he needed. He probably had maids and servants that cleaned and did the things for him that he didn't want to do for himself. He didn't have to cook for himself. He had a personal chef coming in. How many of you would want a personal chef coming in cooking for you? Come on. He had what he needed. He had built himself up a kingdom and an empire. He had all on the outside that seemed perfect for him. He also had success. Right, not only was he the tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. So he was above all the other tax collectors, right? He was the man in charge, and he had power. This is something that a lot of us strive for, is to have a little bit of power. It feels nice to be in control sometimes, right? And this guy had the power to be able to say, hey, give me your money, and they had to do it. And if people didn't listen, well, he would go and tell the Roman guards, and the guards would take care of it. He had power. He had success. He had all the finest things that money could buy. But he was missing something. On the outside, it looked good. On the inside, something was happening. Something was wrong. Something was missing. And we see a big deal right here is that he was hated by his own people. So he's a tax collector. Right? But he's a Jewish man, and he's working for the Romans. Right? And so to the Jewish people, this guy is a traitor. He's a backstabber. He's taken from our own people. He's taken for us, right? So Rome would tell him, hey, I want 10 coins from this household. And he would go, and he would take 11. And he would pocket one of those and give the 10 to the Roman guards, right? That's how they operated. That's how they got so wealthy. They were paid by Rome, but then they were also paid by the Jewish people because they would take some of that for themselves. So this man had it on the outside, but on the inside, Something was missing, and I believe it has to do with this hatred from the people, and I believe that he was lonely. He was alone. He was scared. It seemed like he had it together, but he was missing something. This is what I imagine happening with Zacchaeus. He's walking around one day, and he's got all of his fine jewelry on, and his nice robe, and he's got his camel he's riding, or maybe his servant is pulling the camel for him, and then he starts to look around. He starts to notice the people around him. And he sees this old couple holding hands, smiling at each other, looking deep into each other's eyes like they've been in love for 50 years. And then he sees another young couple looking together and they're flirting together and they're laughing and the girl is laughing so hard and the guy is doing everything he can to impress her. And he's just thinking in his mind, man, that seems nice. And then he sees a group of little boys playing soccer or kick the rock, whatever they had back then. And they're playing together and they're having a great time. And he sees the son pushing his, or a father pushing his son on a swing set. Because they probably had that back then. Back and forth and the son saying, higher, higher. And he's realizing something in this moment that there is something missing in his life. That he doesn't have the same things that these people have. He doesn't have somebody to look deep into his eyes he doesn't have somebody to hold hands with. He doesn't have somebody to laugh with and to cry with and to share his struggles with. He has all the money that he needs and nobody to share life together with him. He's missing out on what everybody else is experiencing because of his life decisions, because of the empire that he's built to push people away, he's been isolated. And now he's feeling the weight of his isolation and his loneliness. And he's wanting more. He's longing for relationships. He's longing to be known. He's longing to be loved. He's longing for somebody to notice when he's sick and bring him some soup. He's longing for somebody to notice when he hasn't been around for a while and go and check in on him. He's longing for depth of relationship that had been missing maybe his whole life. Now, again, we don't know the backstory of Zacchaeus. We just know him in this one little section. But I'd like to kind of connect a couple dots in his childhood if I could for a moment. See, a couple of things that we do know, and we know he was short, and we know he was a tax collector, right? So there was something that led him to become a tax collector. There was something that led him to betray his own people and to take from them and to have that power and have that success. So I would like to paint the picture for a moment. I don't know if any of you have ever known or been a short kid in junior high or high school or been the skinny kid in junior high or high school or being the overweight kid or the too tall kid, but all those kids that I know growing up, they always got picked on. They always got teased. They were the easy targets. So I imagine Zacchaeus growing up, well, everybody else was growing up, but he wasn't. Everybody else was getting taller and taller, and he was still short. And so when they were picking kids for the dodgeball team, they didn't want to pick the short kid that couldn't pick up the ball. They picked up everybody else. They picked the girls before they picked him. Sorry, girls. (laughs) My athletic wife over here is like, I would destroy you. It's accurate. But everybody else was, was taller than him and stronger than him, and maybe he was the easy target and they teased him. Maybe they took his lunch money as a kid. Maybe they took his stuff and dangled it over his head and made him jump around and try and get it, and he couldn't. Maybe they teased him and called him names, short stack Zach. Who knows what they said, but maybe, just maybe, this kid had it rough in his life. And he wanted relationship and he tried to reach out, but no matter how hard he tried, people would just push away until one day it just kind of ended in his mind. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be powerful and I'm going to take from you. And you're going to be begging me for things. And I'm going to be hanging things over your head and you trying to jump and get it. And so he decides to become a tax collector. And he works his way to the top. And he starts taking back from the people who took from him. And now we see him in authority. We see him with power. We see him abusing the power that was given to him. Being the chief tax collector now. Man, he had everything he needed. He didn't need anybody else. I'm going to do this all on my own. And how many of us can relate to Zacchaeus in this? Maybe in different ways that we build up our own empire because other people told us we couldn't or other people didn't accept accept us. So now I'm going to be a strong, independent woman. Well, women out there. Or I'm going to do everything it takes on my own. I don't need anybody else's help. I'm going to build my own business. I'm going to work for myself and other people are going to end up working for me. And so he spends all of his time and all of his focus and all of his energy on building up what he seemed would make him happy. He built up this lifestyle. He built up the finances. He had his house. He had his camels. He had everything except in the midst of all of what he had built up, he was still longing on the inside. He was still missing. He was still without. He was still feeling loneliness. See, I believe this is the major feeling that Zacchaeus had was loneliness. See, loneliness is made to draw us towards in connection to one another. When I'm lonely, I should reach out. And then I'm met in my loneliness and then we encounter intimacy together and then you get to know me, I get to know you, and then it starts to be fulfilled. That longing fulfilled is a tree of life. But when we aren't, or we are reaching out and it's not being accepted, or we start feeling rejected, or we start feeling afraid, then we tend to lean towards apathy. Apathy is like a lust for power. Apathy is saying that I don't want to feel lonely because lonely is a weakness. So I'm going to feel strong instead. I'm going to feel powerful instead. Apathy leads to me not caring about your feelings. Apathy leads to me not caring about how my actions affect other people. That I do me and you do you and then we'll, just, we'll be just fine. Apathy is mine pushing people away because actually I'm longing to be close to you, but I'm afraid you're going to reject me, so I'm going to push you away first. And this is what so many of us do in life is that we get afraid that if I reach out and you reject me, that I'm going to feel this loneliness again, so I might as well push you away first, build up all my walls, build up everything that looks good on the outside for me, and you'll never actually know who I am, but I'll feel safe. But guys, we cannot get away from that longing that is deep on the inside that we are made to connect. We're made for relationship. We're made to be known and others to know us and us to know them. We are made for this. And it will always be inside of us if we don't ever allow it to resonate, allow us to reach out, allow us to connect to each other. We'll always be missing it. See, his desire for love and acceptance could not be hidden Anymore. And now we see this man desperate to connect. And now this, where the story comes in and Zacchaeus is, is looking for Jesus, he hears about this man who accepts sinners. He hears about this man who loves people, who loves any type of person. We find this man who's been healing people and caring and teaching and loving and living his whole life to serve. Zacchaeus is probably thinking, man, maybe this guy will love me. Maybe that longing that's in my heart will be fulfilled in Jesus. So he goes after him, but he's too short. He can't see over everybody, so he climbs a tree. It doesn't stop him. He climbs a tree in desperation to look for Jesus. And then we see Jesus do this amazing thing that Jesus always does. He looks through the crowd of probably thousands, and he finds the one man sitting in the tree, the biggest sinner of all of them, right? Jesus knew who he was. So many times in the Bible, We see Jesus knowing his thoughts, right? He knew everything. He's God, right? He knows the sin. He knows the story. He knows everything about it. He knows how the crowd's gonna react afterwards. But Jesus comes in and he looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down right now. I'm gonna spend time with you at your house. How amazing is this? And I love how it says he calls him by name. In the Bible especially, names, names mean a lot. They're really significant. So when you look up the name of Zacchaeus, it means pure and clean. Pretty amazing, right? I believe when Jesus looked at him, he saw pure and clean. When everybody else talked to him, they didn't call him pure and clean. They called him chief sinner. They called him liar. They called him backstabber. They called him traitor. They called him all kinds of other names. And the moment that Jesus looks at him and calls him pure and clean, he comes running down that tree because he is accepted. He's loved. And how many of us have been in that place where we're all alone and we're isolated and we're in our sin and we're in our distress and Jesus comes down and he meets us face to face and says, I want to be with you today. I want to spend time at your house. I want to get to know you. In this moment, he was fully known. Fully loved by Jesus, by the King of Kings, by the Messiah. And the other people were so mad. They were so mad. How could you go hang out with this notorious sinner? How could you hang out with this guy who's taken from me? You know, all of us tend to judge on the outside and look at people's actions and kind of define the motives on the inside. But when other people are looking at us, we want them to judge us by our inner motives. Well, that wasn't my intention. That's not what my heart is. Right? We want other people to look on the inside of us, but we tend to keep people by a distance on the outside. Well, I don't know if I really could hang out with you. I don't know if I could spend that much time with you. I mean, I've seen how rude you can be and, and how destructive you could be or whatever it is. Right? We fill in the blank and then we keep people out of bay at a distance. And this is why it's so easy to not actually know people is because we don't look through the exterior and into the heart. We just see the exterior and we push away. But Jesus saw past all of that and straight to pure, clean, righteous. He believed in him and he saw him that way and treated him that way. First Samuel 16:7 says the Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart and this is how Jesus saw him and this is how Jesus sees us as fully accepted and fully loved with all of our potential on the inside and he just tries to draw that out of us and when he met with Zacchaeus in his home I believe he listened to him I believe he talked to him I don't believe that he said anything about his sin he didn't highlight it and say hey man you've been stealing from people did you know that He didn't say that. He got to know him. He probably heard his heart, and he loved on him. And then Zacchaeus went straight to, I've been wronging people. I've been taken. And he started to repent, and he said, I'm going to give half of my money to the poor, and then anybody that I've wronged, I'm going to give four times as much. What a heart of repentance after that. Why did he repent? Because Jesus rebuked him? No, because Jesus loved him. Because he knew him, because he saw the inside. Romans 2.4 says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? This is what happens. When he loved Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was ready to go back into relationship with people he was ready to go love someone else, somebody else because he had felt love and acceptance. He was ready to be known. He was ready to give up everything he'd been building in his life to keep him safe, to go after other people. See, this is what we're made for. We're made for real relationship. We're made to experience acceptance. And when we find this acceptance in the Lord first, he gives us the ability to go to other people. But first we have to find our strength and our identity in Jesus when we're secure in him, then I'm not looking for somebody else to define me. I'm already defined. I'm already a son. I'm already a child of God. I'm already loved. I'm already accepted. I'm already full of peace and hope. But relationships make me better. They make me stronger. And I'm made for it. I'm made for connection. So when we start in that place of first, Christ loves me, now I can go be empowered to love other people. Now I can go be known by you and you to know me. And that we can have real relationship and connection together. But real relationship takes risk. It's always going to be a risk for somebody to know you. It's always going to be a risk for you to go up to people and introduce yourself to people. Some of us are terrified of others. But we're always going to have that longing inside of us for connection. And if we don't learn to reach out and take risks, we're never going to experience the full love and intimacy and completeness that God has designed us for. We have to learn to reach out. And Zacchaeus does this. He decided to give up everything that made him safe to have the connections that he was missing. All of his money made him safe. All of his power made him safe. All of his success, that made him feel safe. He was willing to give it all up for relationship. So here's a question for us. How much are you willing to risk to have the connections that you're made for? How much are you willing to risk To have that connection that you're made for. And some of it risks us being exposed. Somebody knowing the true me. Somebody knowing my inner thoughts. Somebody knowing what's really going on. It takes risk for us to step out. Fear is going to be the biggest thing that holds us back from being known. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. Fear of having not words to speak. Fear of somebody just putting us down, making fun of us. We have all kinds of fears that can keep us. At bay. We have a fear that a lot of times it's built from something that really happened to us, from a real injury, a real pain. So now we're afraid to reach back out. But let me tell you this God can heal those pains and God can heal you and set you free from those so that we don't have to stay in bondage our entire life, but we can find freedom and still find relationship and connection that we're made for. But we have to risk it. Fear can be the biggest enemy of love. But love can overcome fear every single time. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Think about Zacchaeus. He was afraid. He was afraid to connect to people. He was afraid to be the real him because he probably got rejected. But when he encountered true and real love, he was ready to run towards people. This is what we need is a real encounter with love, who is Jesus, right? When we have a real encounter with him, we can go over towards people and start to build relationship. But it's more than just kind of knowing people and people somewhat knowing you, right? We, we can know a lot of people, and we can have a lot of Facebook friends and, and a lot of followers on Snapchat. You guys are like, what's Snapchat? It's younger people. Marco Polo for us older people, Right? We can have a lot of followers on something, but nobody really, really know who we are. And this is where it takes vulnerability. Now, most of us don't like that word vulnerability because it means, well, we see it as weakness. Vulnerability, ooh, that means I'm going to be weak in front of you. I don't know about that. See, what vulnerability does is it breaks the surface so that you can actually know me. See, most people know a version of you. They know the 20th selfie that you took. Right? They don't know the first 19 where you're like, oh, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good. Most people know the picture where all your kids are smiling together. Like, oh, you have such a beautiful family. But inside you're like, that took us like a thousand shots. (laughs) See, most people know the part of us that we accept. This is the place that is okay for you to know about me. This is the area I'm okay with you knowing, the CEO the strong, independent woman, the guy that has it figured out, the good father, the good husband, the good wife, the good daughter, all cleaned up, all pretty, all perfect. Like that's the side of us that we want people to know. But that's the surface side. Vulnerability says I'm willing to go through that. I'm actually going to let you know the unaccepted side of me, the side that I don't really enjoy the most. It's letting you know the hidden places, the biggest fears, Ethan, my biggest dreams, right? Some of us are afraid to share our dreams because it might actually be a reality someday or somebody might tear our dreams down. Vulnerability says I'm willing to go to those places so that you can know me. I'm going to share when I'm afraid. Us men are like, no, I'm never afraid. Lies. We are afraid. And when we are willing to go to those places, then we can actually know each other. If I say I'm actually lonely, that's also a hard one to say, right? Who comes up to somebody, especially guys, hey, I'm lonely for a relationship with you? Other guys can be like, get away from me. That's weird. But true vulnerability is being willing to go there and say, I actually miss you. I miss our connection. I miss spending time with you. A lot of times it's easier for us to just get mad at the other person because they stand us up rather than saying, I actually just miss you. How many of us, like, maybe you ground your kids because you just want to spend time with them? (laughs) And rather than saying, hey, I'm lonely, I just want to spend time with you, it's like, you're grounded, you can't go anywhere. Got you. But really, inside of us, we want somebody to know us. It's admitting when we're lonely. And loneliness leads us to intimacy. Chip Dodd defines intimacy as into me you see. I love that. It's so simple. Into me, you see. Into me, see means I'm actually letting you know the real me, the real read, what goes on on the inside, not just the youth pastor, not just the father or the husband, but but maybe some of my biggest fears, maybe some of my biggest wounds. It's making it personal. I'm actually going to let you see my struggles. And I'm gonna tell somebody when I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm gonna tell somebody I'm struggling with parenting. Or I'm gonna tell somebody that's safe, and I'm having suicidal thoughts. I'm struggling with depression. Right? How many times do we just try and figure those things out on our own and say, well, I can do it, I can figure it out? I don't need to tell anybody about it. I just need to try a little bit harder. You're made for people. We're made to reach out. We're made for intimacy with God, and we're made for intimacy with one another. But if we have nobody to share these things with, then we just take it all on ourselves, and we build a little island. Reed Island over here, and everybody else is over there. And it's everybody else's fault that I'm not connected. But really, it's on me to reach out and say, I'm lonely. I'm lost. I'm depressed. I'm struggling. I need help. When Jesus met with Zacchaeus, he took him to his house, the most intimate space, probably a place where most people didn't go because he didn't have a lot of friends. He went deep to get to know him. We can't be real without being vulnerable. About a year ago, I was struggling with parenting. It was really hard for me. I was having a tough time with with one of my kids, and, and I was just keeping it in. For months, just trying to figure it out, I thought, I have to do this on my own. One of the things I take pride in is being a good husband and being a good father. I've always dreamed of of doing a good job of that, and I feel like a lot of times I do. But in that time, I felt like a failure. I felt like I was struggling. I felt like I could do nothing well. And everything I hoped I would be good at was coming crashing down. And I had a conversation with this man named Jerry Williams, amazing man of God. And I started talking to him in my office and sharing my struggles and saying, "I'm failing, I'm losing it. The thing that I desire to be the most, the best at, I'm failing at. The thing I thought I was made for, I'm not doing well. My kid's going to grow up to be a crazy person, and it's going to be my fault." And I was losing it and. Tears were streaming down my face. And I look up at him and I see tears running down his face. Man in his 40s, construction worker, man's man, six foot four, crying because he was meeting me in my space of loneliness. Because he was willing to go there with me, he was willing to cry with me. He wasn't trying to fix me, he didn't tell me the three steps to success, he just cared for me. And he encouraged me, and he loved me, and he embraced me, and he held me, and he told me I can do it. And that was a turning point in my life because I knew from then on I wasn't alone. I had somebody in my space with me, somebody who would carry the burden with me, somebody who wasn't going to leave my side, and that's one of my biggest fears in life is being alone. As probably most of ours But God is saying, first of all, you're not alone because God is with you. And you're not alone because he's placed people around you. But we have to be willing to reach out and to tell somebody I'm struggling. I'm not as good as I thought I was. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have the answers. I am failing and I need help. Vulnerability lets you see me and see the real me and know inside of me. But we have to be Willing to take the risk. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. And we have to learn to never give up. 1 Corinthians thirteen seven says, love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. And it endures through every circumstance. When we allow it to, love wins every time. But we have to never give up. Many of you have been hurt in your past. Maybe recently we've been hurt. And we've built up walls so that we don't get hurt again, so that we stay safe, so that people stay at a distance because then they can't hurt me. But God is saying, I've made you for so much more than just being safe. I've made you to succeed. I've made you to be loved. I've made you to be complete. I've made you to have people around you that know you and love you and care for your heart and care about your dreams and make you better. I have made you for so much more. Intimacy is worth it every time. We have to learn to break through the rejection, break through the failure, and continue to pursue and pursue and pursue. Or we can stay stuck, and we can say, well, it's too much for me. We're always going to have that place of loneliness on the inside. It will never be fulfilled. The only place that's truly filled and fulfilled is through relationship. And relationship is what life on earth is all about. I believe this, that success in the kingdom is determined by the quality of our relationships here on earth. Our success in the kingdom is dependent on how much we know people and people know much how, us. How well we love people and how well we love God. Because you're not going to take your company into heaven with you. You're not going to take Facebook to heaven with you. You're not going to take all your material items, even your house, even your home, everything you've worked for. All we're really going to take is relationship. When we stand before God, how well we know him. And when we stand before others, how well we know them. Come on, we need to add numbers to the kingdom by our love, by the way we reach out, by the way we are willing to be vulnerable with others. I want you to think about this as we close. Do you have people in your life that truly know you? That know the real you right now? What's going on right now? What you're struggling with right now? Do people truly know you? And maybe you've been like Zacchaeus and you've built everything up on your own, but you're longing for a relationship. Reach out. Or maybe... There's a Zacchaeus around you that needs you to be Jesus to them. Reach out. God is calling us to be fully known and fully accepted, that we have to embrace his love, embrace the need that we have to connect, embrace the fact that we're limited on our own, and reach out to other people. Will you close your eyes with me? There's anybody in this room, if you've never known what it's like to be fully known by God, fully loved by God, and you want to know him today, if you've never made him Lord and Savior and you want to today, would you just simply raise your hand so I can pray with you? Is there anybody in the room? Come on, you've never been known fully by God and you want to today. Anybody here? Amen. Praise God, well, will you just pray with me for a moment? Oh well, God, I just pray over all of us. God, I pray that you would continue to show us the importance and the significance of being known. Father, that we would desire an encounter with you, God, and we would desire an encounter with each other. Father, that you would teach us to go deep with one another. God, you would break fear off of us that holds us back. And you would start to reveal the people around us that we need to be reaching out to and be in relationship with. Have your way in our hearts today, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.